Hi, you're listening to an Open Dialogue. I'm Violet Howe. <laughs> and I'm Dr. Kendall. I don't even know what struck me as funny, but like the fact that I couldn't laugh made me laugh harder. So do you ever do that? Like when you were in church or in class or something and something that oh totally gosh. wasn't funny would make you completely crack up because oh. you couldn't laugh? My gosh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. I used to be, I used to get in such trouble in church because my mother sat in the choir. She yeah. in the choir faced us. Yeah. And um, my cousin or my sister and I would be sitting down there and we'd be writing notes on the bulletin and we would just like crack up and oh my gosh, I would get in such trouble. My dad one time <sighs> got up, like the, the kids would all sit, like the teens, not kids, but we would all sit in the back of the church mm. and my dad sat probably like middle of the way. And one day he got up and walked to the back and came like halfway over the aisle and sat between my brother and me. And I was like, we are in so much trouble right now. <laughs> <laughs> like that was like the only time I think I've ever prayed for church to last longer. <laughs> like it was like, please just keep on preaching. I want to hear more, Brother Thomas. <laughs> I tell may me be, more. I may be joining the angels today. <laughs> let's just let's keep this sermon going. But, One more chorus. <laughs> right? Right? But none of that is what we're talking about today. It although, although it is, that's true. That that's 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 a scary thing, yeah, isn't it? That yeah. was very scary. We mm -hmm. are talking today in honor of Halloween. We're talking about things that scare us. And yes, mm -hmm. my father's wrath was something that scared me. But it's not really in the vein of Halloween. It scared no. me year round. <laughs> so um, I find it interesting that different people are scared by different things. Very true. And I wonder, like, if it's, is it personal experiences? Is it childhood experience? Like, like what is it that makes, like, for instance, zombie movies, zombie shows don't scare me at all. I have a no. friend who cannot even, like, if a commercial comes on for The Walking Dead, she's freaked out and has to leave uh, the room. Yeah, no. So, like, what is it that makes something scary I to some person, but not to others? It's funny because I was thinking about that this weekend. We had Colin, our, our little sometimes guy with us, and um, he's 10 years old. And we watched um, Adam Sandler's movie that's on Netflix, Hubie Halloween. Has anybody seen that? I have not seen that. It's, it's, not, it's not highbrow at all. I mean, it is like totally, I swear that when Adam Sandler decides to do a movie, he like invites all of his best friends and just says, hey, this is my, my rough, you know, storyline. Let's, Let's all smoke some weed yeah. and see what we can do to it. Yeah. I think and so too. Yeah. So, but he, there's parts of it. It's not really frightening, but, um, cause it's a family movie, but he, he said, oh, is there going to be a jump scare? He calls them jump scares. Like if something's going to jump out, that was really stressing him out. Like if there was going to be a jump scare, uh, he had to know ahead of time. I actually like a jump scare. I mean, I think like is probably a strong term, but I like the, like the anticipation of knowing that something's coming. And then I like that adrenaline rush of the scare when it's not really like not really scary you know what I mean see I actually don't like a jump scare so much like I, I I do not I'm not a fan of of haunted houses that are not of the Disney variety where I can sit in a little car and I already it's very predictable to me um I don't like going through there's a um a haunted something that we went past today on our way home that was it's like a like a you know trail that you go by and I guess people jump out and whatever that is well, not thank god I thought you were just driving home and it was like a haunted <laughs> something I'm like okay does this normally happen on your drive home 
<laughs> no, it was it was something in Altamont that it's like the haunted. I don't know, like it's 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 got Is three it the trails. Drive? No, it's it's you you stop, you park, you get out, you walk through it. I don't know what it's called. It's it's this thing like a at home at New Jersey it would be like a corn a cornfield they they would do or they do like haunted pumpkin patches and whatever but here in Florida I have no idea what it is it's just kind of they they it's a place that they like a haunted use, trail yeah something I don't know it's, okay, it's a got haunted something, something. So it's a haunted, a haunted yes. something like you get out home. of the car you walk through it and people jump out at you okay and they try to scare you and there's a lot of screaming and what have you it's probably like a lowbrow halloween horror nights okay it would be to to halloween horror nights what fun spot is too i don't know disney i don't know i've never been to fun spot so i don't know <laughs> anyway <laughs> I, I know i'm just i'm just left and right making people happy um anyway but that's not i i this don't podcast like sponsored by <laughs> 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 anyway, I do not care for jump scares. <laughs> well, I I like going, like I like going to Halloween Horror Nights. I like going through haunted houses. Now, they scare the crap out of me, and I scream to the point of being hoarse for days afterwards, but I like that, I guess you would say like controlled adrenaline. Like I like I like knowing that I am we're going to say safe with little tiny air quotes around it because obviously you know, there's the potential for, <laughs> for some maniac to get in there. But overall, like it's a safe scare experience where I can get the adrenaline, I can get the, the fear, but, but feel like I'm safe and it's not actually a chainsaw murderer chasing me. Like it is a chainsaw, but the chain's been removed or something like that. So I like that feeling. Um, but now that being said, I'm a huge scaredy cat in, in real life situations. Like I'm, I'm scared of the dark. I don't like walking out in my own backyard at night. I refuse to look through a window at night. And um, I pretty much have had to stop watching scare, scary movies because like they stay with me, you know, for like hours afterwards or days afterwards or usually nights, not days. I usually don't think about them during the day. Yeah, I have a, um, a friend who will not even let us reference um, anything scary. Uh, I'm in a, in a mastermind group, and, and if the other person I start talking about supernatural, she'll be like, no, no, not here, not in front of me. That no, And she doesn't like it because, again, like you said, it stays in her head, and she cannot tolerate. Like, it, it just... Right. It, yeah. She, it's it's right. like a negative thing that stays in her head. So um, that doesn't bother me. I am a, a huge fan of psychological kind of thrills. You know, if it's if it's something, if it's a huge reveal, if it's a, um, you know, the, the last person who you expected it to be, that's my kind of scare more than than somebody jumping out at me. I don't I don't enjoy the the yeah, I don't I, I think. You know, if, if I'm going to get deep about it, I think that um, I went through a, a time period in life where there were people, you know, in childhood, not in recent life, <laughs> but in childhood. Thanks where, for clarifying. Know, right. Where they would jump out from, you know, my, my sister, my cousin, uh, anybody would jump out to try to hear me, you know, squeal or what have you. And I did not like that because I, I did not like, I, I, I think I did not like the like oh ho you jumped you know that kind of thing I didn't enjoy that 
Yeah, that doesn't sound like an enjoyable experience. Like, if I go to Halloween Horror Nights, I'm paying someone to jump out at me. Like, that's kind of different than having, like, people that you're supposed to be able to trust do it. But um, I just, I think that it, it's funny because I do like, like you said, I like psychological thrillers. And I do like movies that are a little bit scary. Like, um, Netflix is The Haunting of Hill House. Like, I watched it, you know, during the daylight last year. And then I would make sure to watch a bunch of other really lighthearted stuff before bed. But, um... I, for me, I can watch those types of things. I can even watch like, you know, like I said, the zombies or I can watch, you know, movies that are, that are gory or gross or whatever. That doesn't really bother me. The supernatural stuff really bothers me. Like I can't, I can't watch anything that has anything to do with demons. Like the exorcist or that Denzel movie, watch, uh, Denzel Washington movie Fallen. Like I can't do anything with, with demons. I can't do anything with like, pull, you know. I don't want to say poltergeist because I liked the movie poltergeist, but you know, if it's, if it's evil, I don't want it in my head. Basically. We, speaking of evil, actually we started watching, there's a show on, I think it's NBC, um, maybe CBS. I think it's CBS actually called evil. And we, we started watching it. Um, I think this past spring, but I think it had been on in the fall. So Haley and, and Clint and I were watching it and it really is it was you you should not watch it i'm just telling you just take that off your list no worries yeah no worries it wasn't on my list and i'll make sure it never gets put on there by accident it really it really was very frightening for that very reason um because you it was very hard to tell what was what was really um threatening and what was not and I mean most everything was and I think what really got me about that show was that um the the main character is a um a psychologist or psychiatrist something like that and um yeah she's a psychiatrist one of those p words one of those p words yeah silent p words um and she is um she gets mixed up with a, a priest who um goes to like see supposed examples of of uh, possession or or other evil things you know that that priests would go and see i don't know um as as one does as one does and and so she becomes the target of this this evil whether he's the devil whether he's just a demon i don't know um he's been from lost so there you go um he and he um, gets mixed up with her mother. So then this, her mother, who is somebody who she's always been very close to, is in her life, but is actually being controlled by, by this other, this, you know, evil being. And that was terrifying for me. The idea that somebody who you trust could be, you know, could be um, a bad person or being controlled by a bad person. Yeah, I don't like that. I think like, we kind of touched on or said that, you know, it may have something to do with like things in childhood. And I was brought up in a very religious environment, but it was a religious environment that very much um, believed in like, you know, demon possession and spirit world kind of things. And I think that was kind of like drilled into me. And so anything like that, like I just, yeah, no, I can't deal with that. I can, I can, you know, I can watch movies about ghosts. I can talk about ghosts. Hell, I write books about ghosts. And that doesn't really bother me. Like, the ghost part of the of the spirit aspect doesn't really bother me. But that whole, like, evil spirits or evil, um, you know, demonic kind of stuff, satanic kind of stuff, I don't want anything to do with that. 
So what about um, like scary movies like Friday the 13th or, or you know, those type, like I guess what you would call slasher films. Like is that something that scares you? I have never seen a Friday the 13th, a Scream, a Halloween. I have never seen any of those movies. When I was growing up, it, my parents just didn't. Like that just wasn't even within our our, our repertoire. Um, we, Clint and I went to go see when we were dating um, the very first Nightmare on Elm Street. And I think when they were dragging the one body out, we looked at each other and were like, uh-uh, now we're, we're done. I don't think we stayed through the whole thing. We were like, mm-mm. We, and we left. And this was, you know, the days before movies were, you know, $12 a piece. But still, um, it was, you know, it was, it was disturbing enough that neither of us wanted to waste our time there. Um, and I, I'm sure it was fine if that's what you enjoy. But we did not enjoy that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, I've never really been a, a fan of the, the slasher whatever. Um, uh, that's, so that doesn't really bother me. Um, you know, I, I, I can see it or whatever. I, I think there's enough of that stuff now in real life, it feels like, that I don't know what life feels like. It's a, a slasher like movie. Like it's scary itself. I, yeah. well, I, when I was in high school, um, we always went with a group. Like we went to watch like, you know, Friday the 13th or, or um, Halloween or like those kind of movies. We always went as a group and it was always fun until you got back home and you were alone in your bedroom. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. I would say was probably the movie that screwed with my head the most as a teen because in that movie whatever happens when they're dreaming really happens like if you die in your dream then you actually die and so you know you kind of like reason with yourself when you watch one of these scary movies and then you come home and you're ready to sleep and you're in your bed alone and you're you know hearing things or seeing things you reason with yourself well it was just a movie or it's just a dream, or it's just my imagination. But in that movie, you couldn't say that because it would actually happen. So Nightmare on Elm Street really messed with my head because I was like, well, I can't say that it was just a movie because in the movie it was just a dream or whatever. So I made my little brother, um, I think he was he was like 12 when I saw that movie. I, I, I was like 16 and he was 12, or maybe I was 15 and he was 11. But anyway... I made my little brother sleep on the floor in my room for like a week after I saw a Nightmare on Elm Street until my parents like reamed me for it and, and made my brother go back to his own bed because I was terrified. I didn't want to be in the room alone in case something happened while I was in my sleep. I wanted somebody to wake me up, which as you well know, I have freaky dreams anyway, even if I don't watch scary movies. And so it's very helpful sometimes to have someone be able to wake me up. But um, but yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street, and I've never rewatched it either. Like I've watched other horror films from the 80s again um some of them with laughable results like my my son and I were going to watch Children of the Corn because I had talked it up about how what a great movie it was and how scary it was and let me just tell you the special effects from the 80s when viewed in the 2000s sometimes aren't that scary like it, it was really we, we kind of laughed at it but um Nightmare on Elm Street I've never I've never rewatched. I can't tell you whether or not it's it's held up well over time, and I won't ever be able to tell you that. I'm going to guess that the answer is is no. Um, but I mean, maybe I don't know. I know people are still watching it. I um, it does movies, have Johnny Depp. So I mean, it had and it was well, Johnny Depp true. pre him going completely loco. So that you know that could be what? a good factor. Johnny Depp was in Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. No, I don't remember that. Yeah, it was like one of his first roles, I think. Okay. Well, there you go. I, it was before anybody knew who Johnny Depp was. So. 
um yeah no movies don't by and large movies don't bother me my uh, my experience such that that would be relatable to yours um i stayed up late to read stephen king's book salem slot which is about vampires um and it's if you have not read it it's it's got some some very disturbing themes in it just not just vampires I have not read it and I yeah. think all these years I assumed it was about witches because of no. Salem I had no idea it was about vampires no it is it's about vampires actually um Salem's lot is it's Salem is uh, short for Jerusalem that's why if you if ah, the book is yeah it's actually okay. an apostrophe in front of the Salem and it's about a town that's near up in Maine of course near his his uh normal towns that he writes about and um and there's and there's a vampire uh kind of infestation there and there's at one point the 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 main character his best friend is who was a kid is is turned into a vampire and is at his window um you know wanting to come in and I finished reading that book probably about midnight because I was in eighth grade so that was late for me and I could not sleep I was the only one who slept downstairs uh, my bedroom was the only downstairs bedroom and everybody else was in bed and I was there and I'm thinking well it wouldn't take much for a vampire to come to my window and you know I had my shades down and I was terrified I got made I was so scared I made myself sick I couldn't go to school the next day I I, I was my mother was oh like no more Stephen King books before bed for you right. but for me anything that I read was so much more powerful than anything I saw on screen um, I, I saw interview with a vampire years later when I was married and and um, had children uh, and went to go see it with my sister and I remember it was a nighttime show and she dropped me off at at our house and it was probably again about midnight and I had to walk from the driveway to the house and I'm thinking oh <laughs> this is not I did not enjoy that but right? that was just because at the end the way that you know the um it was uh River Phoenix I think played no it wasn't River Phoenix it was um uh the other guy who played the interviewer I can't think of his name off the top of my head and and he's driving in a convertible across the the Golden Gate Bridge and all of a sudden boom there's Tom Hanks, not Tom Hanks, it's Tom Cruise. God. Yes, Tom Hanks, <laughs> Interview with the Vampire. It's like Forrest Gump with Fangs. Okay, <laughs> I have to give an aside here to this is something. Since, since this is more of laughter than it is humor, uh, uh, scared, I have to say uh, my daughter came home uh, and surprised us on Sunday for a very brief period of time. And I was telling them about this Hubie Halloween movie, right? And I said, oh, and all of, all of Adam Sandler's friends were in it. I said, you know, um, Rob Schneider and Maya Angelou. <laughs> Maya Angelou? Oh my I met, god! I met Maya Rudolph clearly, but so they they got a kick out of it. They're like, yes, that was quite the surprise, you know, right in the middle of the movie, then pops Maya Angelou. So yeah, I I clearly have a um a oh name um, association issue, but it was not Tom Hanks who jumped into the the convertible with um Christian Slater. Christian Slater. I was just going to say Christian somebody. Um, Christian Slater. Yeah, uh, it was not him. It was Tom Cruise playing the vampire Lestat. Lestat. Yes. And he just jumped in there and he said, you know, now we're going to have some fun or something like that. And that was how the movie ended. And I'm thinking to myself as I'm walking in, he could be anywhere. Tom Cruise could be anywhere. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> of course, could have been Tom, Tom Cruise Pike. could still be anywhere, really. I uh, mean, you know, not wrong. Yeah. So, well, I I went through a phase in college where I was reading um, scary books. My friends and I all wrote scary books, and we read. There was an author at the time called John Saul who um, wrote some really sick and twisted and demented things that we loved, and Stephen King, of course, and um, Pet Cemetery did me in like I reading Pet Cemetery that for whatever was brutal reason, that was a brutal one really really scared me and my grandmother had this gray cat and it was one of those cats that like purposely tries to trip you every time you walk past it like you know go in and out of your feet and stuff and this cat would just like appear in my window and I had the I had the window open because my grandmother did not allow us to run the air conditioner at night I had my window open and I was reading, and I'm reading Pet Cemetery about this cat that gets brought back to life and is evil. And suddenly that cat jumped up in the window, and oh, my Lord. So, yeah, that was it. I was done. I didn't read any, any Stephen King after that. Like, I, I didn't read any scary books after that. I literally, that was that was my last foray. The, the thing that gets me about that kind of thing is that um, reading what or finding out what the um, – like what was the muse what was the genesis of that book and when I read um, I read one of Stephen King's nonfiction books and he talks about writing Pet Cemetery, and it was that um, his they had rented their house was being rebuilt and they rented a house that happened to be on a, a very very busy road and his youngest son um, was was a toddler at the time and this road was really busy and he was outside with the sun and all of a sudden realized that the sun is right racing towards this busy road and there's an 18 wheeler barreling down and he caught the sun oh my god right he caught the sun at the last minute but being stephen king like i think you and me yeah um, the imagination just yeah he went what would have happened if and so for him that was kind of delving into the scariest thing that he could think of happening which you know i think again would be something with a lot of us would be losing losing a loved one like that yeah i i feel like it's funny because you and i have talked about before that a lot of times when people read our books especially if our books have like sex scenes or something and then you've got like you know, my sister-in-law tells me, like, it's so hard for her to read my books and read the sex scenes because I always think it's you. And, you know, it's it's funny to me that with, with books that have steamy scenes, people somehow always think that that's the author being autobiographical about their sex life. But then you have people like Stephen King or John Saul or um, what is the girl that wrote uh, Gone Girl? I can't think of her name. Um, oh, Flint? No. Is it Jillian Flynn? Jillian, no, Jillian no. Flynn is X Files. No, 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 no. That's <laughs> Jillian know, Anderson. Star- Jillian, that's Jillian Anderson. Oh, well, maybe it is, it is Jillian yeah, Flynn. Yeah. I don't know. I- I'll look it up. But anyway, um, I I feel like like these people come up with really sick, twisted stuff, and you know that that's not something they're doing in there. It is Jillian Flynn. It is Jillian Flynn. I thought she's going to it's not something that they're doing in their real life. You know what I mean? And so I think like it. It's funny to me how. The imagination can go so many different places, especially with like writers, artists, musicians. Like you look at Billie Eilish's songs and some of the content of her songs is so dark, but then you watch her in interviews or whatever, and she's not a dark person. And I think it's funny how people who maybe aren't as creative or don't embrace the creativity in the same way don't understand how this can be something you came up with in your head that has nothing to do 
with reality or your real life or your per or your real personality. You know, if it did, then all these scary movies would really be even more freaky if you thought that that was really something that the author was author was exploring or curious about. Well, true, and and I think sometimes um, it really does, especially with scary things. It is that um, way of us as creatives. Um, dealing with the possibilities of a crazy world you know like how many times do we write things thinking I don't want to think about what this would really be like but I can explore it in fiction and and it's a way of dealing with it actually psychologically right. well you even know. though you know Ghost of the Curve is not a scary book but that was born of me driving through a, a dark curve on the on the way home that had these you know towering trees with the spanish moss and that kind of like oh my gosh what would ever happen if i broke down in this curve and what if i broke down in this curve and there was somebody else here and what if that person that was here was it among the you know what i mean so it's kind of taking something yeah. like that 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 sparks a little bit of fear and letting your imagination run with it you would never want it to happen in real life but in fiction you can explore it yeah what ifs what ifs are what um fuel us so much of the time um, you know what if this happened what if right what if this person who I'm you know um, sitting here actually you know on on the bus with what if this person right here is a is a crazed maniac or something right what know? if the fog rolled in and then everything it covered was gone you know what if there was a crazy clown that you know was maniacal what if you went to Halloween Horror Nights and there actually was a real chainsaw and a, and a person that was a maniac and nobody realized it like all of those things like that's kind of like a I think in some ways, like, that's where you get the, the, the thrill from it or the exhilaration from it is, is kind of like letting yourself run with that what if. And I do think when we're watching movies that are scary, for me, the movie is scarier if it's something that I feel like I can put myself in their position and picture myself there and what if that happened to me. And I think that's like with zombie movies, <laughs> maybe I know that I would be dead so early on because <laughs> there's no way in hell I could outrun them. So I would be dead so early on that that doesn't really scare me. Whereas like, you know, the the other, like the demon stuff or, this, or the possession stuff like that, that shit really scares me. But I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it is like something with projecting or, or kind of putting yourself in their shoes. Yeah, I do think that... Um... I do think that it's uh, it is we, we do like to project ourselves into things. I I didn't realize until after I'd written and and published my first book that uh, you know the the gist of the storyline is the new girl coming to town, which was me over and over again in my childhood. And um, and I did realize as I wrote it that I was I was kind of um, channeling a lot of that experience into Tasman's you know makeup and and what was happening to her but I took it a step further there was there was a particular girl who was not kind to me at one school and so um you know in in the uh, king books that mean girl is really really mean like like wants to sacrifice Tasman in the woods and use her blood kind of mean now I never had yeah, that happen that's, personally that's definitely mean but but the thing is that I took it, you know, like, what if this person is not just a nasty person who you don't want to be with? But what if there's a real reason that she's, 
you know, that she's this mean. Maybe she really is a witch and, you know. Well, yeah, because I think we all have common fears. I mean, the fear of being defenseless, the fear of being trapped, the fear of someone that you know or trust suddenly, you know, Mm -hmm. striving to hurt you or or not being someone you can trust. Like all those kind of things are, are relatable fears. And so when we put them in situations where we kind of like um, make those larger than life, obviously it's still a fear we can relate to. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm not afraid of zombie movies either. Interestingly, I was, uh, they, they just, zombies always strike me as too stupid to, to do any real harm. You know, I figure I can probably out, outwit them. Um, And again, it's the psychological thing to me, like vampires would be very smart. I would, I would worry about vampires. Um, yeah, you know. but I would worry that I'd be seduced by a vampire. Like that's, <laughs> I think that I would worry more about that than the fact that they were going to kill me. I, I would be like, I'd be like, did you ever see there was an in loving, in living color episode when that show was on with like Damon Wayans and Marlon Wayans and um, Jim Carrey. And, and there was a scene where they had, there was a, a girl, I think Damon Wayans played her where she was uh, Tawanda. Or maybe it was Jamie Foxx that played her. But anyway, Tawanda was this character on the show. And they had this vampire who came in the window. And he was like, I've traveled the dawns of time to get to you. And she, like, clapped her hands to make the light come on. And she was like, ah, I'm ready. And he was like, oh, clap off, clap off. And he's, like, clapping his hands. So that would probably be me. I'd probably be like, yeah, come on, like, seduce me. But I think think the zombie movies for me, I don't like gross things and I just feel like they would smell so bad and they would be so gross and their skin's like falling off and like you know usually in any zombie movie there's a point where you have to like touch them or walk over them or they fall on top of you or whatever and I I I don't know I'd be done you know another thing that doesn't really scare me is um like that movie Alien with Sigourney Weaver yeah. I, like outer space movies don't really scare me. Mainly no, because, because I'm not going to outer space. No, hell no, no. 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 That's exactly why it's not relatable for me. I don't ever intend on having my ass stranded in outer space on some spaceship with an alien. No so No way. Yeah. Nope. No, that's nope. that, that that doesn't bother me. The the alien um you're right. Being in outer space. I guess maybe the alien on Earth. I mean like um signs. Oh my gosh. Now that was a freaky, freaky movie. But you know what? Going in the vein of what you said earlier about how, like, the books are scarier, I think I think the reason books are scarier is because we can come up with something that scares us personally more in our own imagination than what somebody else can show us. And I think in Signs, that movie was really scary to me until they revealed the aliens. And the aliens that they showed me were not as scary as the ones I had in my head. And so it, that, that movie became, like, not scary for me. Well, and, and M. Night Shyamalan is, is past master at that kind of thing, because it was, there was so much that was frightening in that book. Again, it was one of those worst case things, you know, he's, he, he had already right. experienced what he thought was the worst that could happen with his wife dying. And now, right. and now here's these aliens. But for me, the, the what I was going to say about zombies would be the scariest part would be 
before you really know that there's an infestation. You know what I mean? Because you know it's not just like they're going to come on the news and say, guess what? The zombies are among us. Head for high yeah. ground. Guess what? You the know. Walking Dead was a right? true story. Yeah. yeah. So you know it's going to take a while before you even, you know, I've seen bits and pieces, no pun intended, of The Walking Dead. <laughs> but boom bum and, and so I, I've seen it, you know, when that people get stuck in situations when you know, the rest of the world is becoming a zombie and they just, you know, there they are. Um, and I think that that would be the scariest part of a, of a zombie situation would be that before you really know it, before everybody's admitting what's going on. And I think that was the scariest part of signs too, when, when people are saying, oh, there's these crop circles, oh, there's this and that. I mean, once the ships are over and the news is acknowledging that there's something going on, Excuse me. It's very scary, but it's um, but it's at that point you know, and you you figure out. Well, I'm going to have to do something. You know, there, I've got. I'm going to figure out something. But at least people are acknowledging. People are talking about it. You know. Well, and I think that um, your current environment has a lot to do with how frightened you might be by something because. I've seen like movies like Contagion or things like that, and it's always been like obviously freaky as hell and not something that I wanted to go through, but it wasn't something that like scared me or kept me up. And a friend of mine had highly recommended Nora Roberts' book, Year One. And I'm probably about halfway through that book right now. And I think had I read it when it came out in 2017, I would have been like, oh, that's freaky, but this is a really good book. Well, it's about a global pandemic that like sweeps in this virus that's, you know, passing to everyone like on planes and in restaurants and in bars and, you know, from person to person and rental cars and taxis and like a third of the world population has died and all these world leaders have died and the infrastructure is starting to fall in and everything's going and, and either the best or worst of human nature is coming out in people. And I will tell you that to read that in 2020, is not nearly as entertaining as it might have been to read that in 2017. It actually, um, I actually had nightmares last night um, after reading it and decided today that I'll stop reading mid-afternoon um, from now until I finish the book because, of course, I'm going to finish the book because I'm just a glutton for punishment. But I, I definitely, in our current situation, in our current climate, with so much uncertainty around, you know, COVID and, the, and everything that's changed in our lives, it's definitely a much different experience reading this book about a fictional pandemic. Well, that's interesting because I have that book on my nightstand right now um, uh, to read after I, because I, I got on a, a Nora Roberts reread kick and I thought, oh, you know, I never actually read this one. So it's on my nightstand to read after I finish. I don't know I that I would recommend that you do it. Like, I, okay. if you do, obviously, I want to talk to you about it. And it is a good book. I mean, it's very well written, and it is a good book. And obviously, anything with Nora, she focuses on characters and relationships. But it is definitely a, um, it, it rings a little too close from to home right now to be complete entertainment, I think. And, and I agree. And I, I think, um, you know, I've thought about The Stand, Stephen King's The Stand, a lot in the last year. Right. Um, but something that I heard early on in the pandemic um, actually gave me food for thought about, about that. It, and that is that one of the, the, the positives and negatives of coronavirus is that it does not kill its victims as as um as often as 
say Ebola or or other really serious, you know, um, um, the Black Plague, you know, anything like that. It and the fact that viruses that kill their hosts are are basically shooting themselves in the in the proverbial viral foot because they can't spread as quickly and and so that there's kind of this balancing act yes coronavirus is very bad yes we have to take it seriously but the fact that it doesn't kill people actually makes it more dangerous in in a sense and less dangerous at the same time so that has that has given me like this odd kind of comfort um and uh you know because steven in steve did you read the stand or see it no it wasn't one that i got to before i had to kick myself off of Stephen's list my parents were huge fans of this book to the point that because you know we lived in new jersey and we used to use the the um, lincoln tunnel to new york and there's a scene in there where um you know everybody is is dead everybody i mean that this virus is so spread so quickly and kills so quickly that people were actually like catching it driving out of the city and dying and so cars are just you know stopped in the lincoln tunnel and there's very few people left on the earth and this guy very similar in year one okay and this guy has to um make it from new york to new jersey and he has to crawl through the lincoln tunnel and it's dark and he doesn't know what he's doing and you know it's and um every time we went through the tunnel after that my mother was like oh i can never go through this without thinking about that that book um it made a big impression um it was it became like a family reference uh, source for my family for years um so yeah i i it's but i i've been comforting myself saying well at least it's not quite the stand you know because yeah i'll be if you do read it i'll definitely be interested to discuss it with you obviously because i'm always interested to discuss everything with you but um i think having heard you say that about the stand i wonder if nora read the stand and that's you know all i'll say on that quite possibly i mean quite possibly it's it's um it's 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 an older book but it's uh it's very interesting. There's a lot of um, there, there's a really good, um, good and evil dynamic in it. So anyway, but again, really, really freaking scary. So that was that was a book that scared me. I think pretty much anything, the the things that have scared me to bring us around to our our topic, um, have almost always come from the mind of Stephen King. Let's just say that um, he is he is definitely. He knows which buttons to push with me. Um, there have been, he wrote, he wrote a, um, a, a duo of books that I cannot remember the names off the top of my head, but anybody who, who knows him will, will know what I'm talking about. Um, one is these, these beings that come through a town and just like this neighborhood, and they just kind of systematically go through and terrorize this, this neighborhood. And it was, it was so real that it could have happened in your neighborhood that it was it was terrifying and and the companion book to that was these people who uh, their car broke down alongside of the road in i think texas or arizona and and they were the 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 same beings were in this town and came out and they didn't realize that that they were bad you know and again really really frightening because that's something that you can see happening so well and i think that's one of his talents as a writer is he can take that you know the fantastical and and make it feel like it's reality or make it feel like it could definitely happen i think that's one of his talents super super scary uncle stevie super super so you wouldn't want to get trapped in like a big ski lodge out in the snow with him while he was writing a book and 
I think not. I I, I think not. I um yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I I thought that as long as I stayed out of Maine, I'd be okay. But then we moved to Florida, and you know he lives part time down. Actually, yep. he lives almost full time down here. And yep. the first book I read when I came to Florida was Duma Key, and it was so flipping scary that I you know I mean it, and, and then I made my sister read it and so she we were down at the Gulf of Mexico and there's something with a ship in it and and I you know she would there's that ship that kind of sails around St. Pete Clearwater like you can it looks like a pirate ship it's yeah, actually you know yeah my brother my brother-in-law and sister-in-law got married on that okay well yeah. <laughs> with if you don't know what it is and you just look up and you've just read this book it will scare the crap out of you so she was like ah you know this is this well, is this I is read fun. years ago when I was um uh, when I was in Italy for the first time we were on the Amalfi coast and we were taking the train up from Amalfi Naples up to Florence and I read um, Anne Rice has a novel about uh, vampires in the Medici yeah. family. Yeah. And when you get to Florence, like that entire city basically was, you know, built or controlled by the Medicis. And there's all these things there that were in the novel, like, you know, buildings that are still standing. And I'm going into chapels and into buildings and into hallways that she mentioned in the book. And I feel like that entire trip to for Florence, I was looking over my shoulder for vampires. And it's funny how like you can read something like that that's fictional, but then it kind of like almost leaves a leaves a shadow on you or, or leaves like a, a filter over what you're seeing in real life where it kind of makes you feel jumpy, which I, I know, I don't, I think I've told you this story, but um, you know, when sometimes whenever you're watching shows or you're, or you're reading something and then, you know, you have dreams about it afterwards. And my husband, we had done a binge of The Walking Dead and we had done like maybe four or five episodes. I think there was a new season coming and we were trying to get caught up. And um, we had done like four or five episodes and gone to bed at like two o'clock in the morning. And he dreamed that zombies were after him. And somehow he got into this thing where his arms were pinned and he couldn't swing with his arms. And this zombie was coming at him. And so he reached out and just bit into the zombie with all he had. And our dog yelped really loud. And John opened his eyes to see that his teeth were sunk into our dog's back right flank thank god it was the dog instead of me i think i would have killed him i just i heard her yelp in the night and thought oh well he must have rolled over on her or something because she kind of was like Bloop, and he goes oh sorry josie and and then you know i went back to sleep it was a couple of days before he actually told me that he bit the dog so <laughs> poor josie i know right? i hope john's had his shots i know um, right so, yeah no it yeah. is it's it's frightening so now on that on that vein you found that place scary. Are there any places that you have been to that you would say are the, the most frightening places, like places that you are actually uncomfortable in or scared of? Or I think that place that you and I went, the, the insane asylum that you and I Waverly. went to. Waverly, um, outside of Yeah, mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely had like a, you know, hair rising on the back of my neck kind of feeling. Even before we had our supernatural encounter in the car, I, I you know, just didn't like the feeling of that That doesn't place. sound good that we had a supernatural encounter <laughs> in the car. <laughs> let's just, let's just clarify this. We had a little weird thing happen in the car that, had, yes, never you mind. You call it whatever you want. We had a supernatural encounter in the car. Your phone, your, your, your Bluetooth system was like trying to make a call that you and I weren't making. So that, yeah. But anyway, um, 
but yeah, that's definitely some place that I've, I've have felt uncomfortable. Um, and I don't, I don't know. Like I, you know, I've gone on several ghost tours like Savannah and St. Augustine and places like that. And I've never like, um, I've never had a bad feeling on any of those, like a, a feeling that I was someplace that it was dark or whatever. I did have like a, a weird encounter on a ghost tour once, but it wasn't someplace where I felt, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I don't know that I've ever been any place where I was like, I need to get the hell out of here. So what about you? I've had two. One was in New Orleans when we were, and I've, you know, that's one of my cities. So I've, I've been in and out and I've been in places that I probably shouldn't be. Um, I don't, I do the, the cemetery tours during the day because it's just not smart to do them at night, really, if you can avoid them. You can, you know, but always go with a, a guide. Um, Much more adrenaline if you do them at night, just Yeah, saying. no, uh, because I'm usually there for the history. That's, you know, I, I, I like the um, the one in the Garden District, that St. St. Louis Cemetery. I enjoy that one. Um, but we were just walking and we were standing across the street from this house and I said, um, oh, I don't know. I, don't, I said, I don't think I've ever been in this part of the quarter. This was this was 10 years ago because we were there for Haley's um, senior trip. She elected to go to New Orleans for a senior trip. So we were there and we're walking around. And it was cold because it was March. And um, and I said, oh, I don't ooh, that house. I know I don't like that. And we actually crossed the street because I said, this house gives me a Wiggins. I don't like it. So then we stopped at a, a um, uh, like a little uh, uh, cafe cafe little patisserie a little bit further and I looked it up and it was actually I had no idea it was the La Lurie mansion where um, oh okay I, I mean horrible horrible things have happened in that place and I just had no idea it was actually at the time still owned by Nicolas Cage um, he later sold it uh, but it was it was um, one of the American horror stories was set there uh, right it right. was a, it was a terrible thing that the woman who lived there had tortured and and done experiments on slaves and it was just horrible so that was one place that I didn't even know and I felt really really like sick to my stomach there the other has is Gettysburg um yeah you've told me that yeah before. yeah I've driven in places where I, I I like keep my eye on the road because I know for a fact that if I look left or right I'm going to see I'm going to see things. I just, you know, and it's that sense. And I've been in a hotel there that I, I, I have had weird experiences. Um, I have been on a tour there where they took us out into a battlefield very late. And it was just, it was probably the most hair raising back of the neck sense of no, 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 no. <laughs> we're, we're getting out of here, you know. So those are, those to me are the two places I've been that are the most the most frightening right well we would love to hear from all of you we would love to hear what scares you what type of movies scare you what type of books scare you what type of places scare you um and if you if you know of a reason why that scares you like because we're interested too in in why and why some things, you know, scare one person and not another. So let us know. You can reach out to us at anopendialogue1 at gmail.com. You can comment on our Facebook page. We would love to hear from you. And, of course, you can reach out to either one of us. We are on all forms of social media as Tadra Candle and Violet Howe, and we would love to hear from you. And we also hope that you have a happy, not scary Halloween. Safe. Well, we're, we're happy, safe. Yes, happy, right. safe. Stay safe. safe 
not scary Halloween unless you particularly like to be scared and then we hope it's as scary as you want it to be. Get candy. <laughs> yeah, but That's buy your own. Part. Don't like they're saying don't go trick or treating. So oh, really? Yeah. <sighs> buy your own. This yeah. is like the first year. Like we always have our big huge, you know, costume party and I'm always so excited about costumes and that's, you know, add that to the list of trivial inconveniences that COVID has brought that we don't get to have a costume party this year. I know. My, my granddaughter is very excited. She, she, um, her mother wanted her to be Moana for Halloween, but she decided, I mean, and this is, she has such a strong will. She decided she wants to be Lockie from the Wiggles and wear a purple shirt. So that's, that's what she's being. So she went to a, a parade today and, um, Devin couldn't find the pants. She, they, they had fallen under something in the car and so she's just in this little purple onesie and the teacher said is she a grape I'm like a grape he's a grape oh who dresses Lord. up as who a grape for halloween grape. right so anyway so she's going to be lucky for for halloween but it's just not going to be the you know i mean we'll we'll probably still take her around but you know we can't she can't get near anybody she'll have to wave from the, the sidewalk right hello, hello. right so, so it's all right this too shall pass and we shall it have shall. We shall have Halloweens that are scary for the right reasons. Yep, but and we then, hope you know, that you we'll all end up having movies about all this. That's right. Point. And we hope that you all have very safe, very happy, and very spooky for the right reason Halloweens. Exactly. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye.